the USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid. I feel angry. to the USL show, the uh, kind of comprehensive view of the week in USL championship. I am the uh, special guest enforcer tonight, Evan Valella, joined by uh, the mystery man, Ryan Allen's here. Hello, how's everyone doing tonight? All right, how are you? Doing okay, wearing a, I guess now, retro Columbus crew kit because they decided to make the asinine decision to change the name and logo and lose the first ever match in club history as the nutmeg news calls it yeah it's true it's true and uh making his way to the ring is the mystery tag partner tonight it's out underwood yeah i thought that crew thing was pretty pretty funny and then they go out and play in with their old crest like we have this new crest but we're gonna we didn't. We didn't yeah. bother getting new uniforms for after the announcement. We're just gonna run out the old ones. Both both the broadcast and the uniforms could not be bothered to acknowledge the rebrand. Which I mean, honestly, who's mad about uh, that? I'm. Really? I'm certainly not. No one. But like, if you're gonna rebrand, how do you not have it, all any of this prepared to do? Like, who does this mid season? Yeah, that was the other thing. Hey, uh, back to USL news. Ron Patel. Speaking of doing things mid-season, just uh, stepped out as RGVFC president uh, earlier today. Uh, <laughs> the the joke in our group chat being that they started the season too well, so he had to leave. It was like a bet. If we win two, the first two, I'll leave. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, no, I. You know, there was there was an article that the club put out in, in January of of, uh, of this year, whatever that means anymore. And you know, he just took over the reins not too long ago. <laughs> was doing really well. Did really well. Uh, he was the the chief revenue officer, I think, for New Mexico at some point, right? Um, and uh, seemed to be doing pretty well. Yeah, he was with New Mexico United, joined RGV. Obviously, on field really well, off the field seemed to be doing all the right things, and then uh, steps down. And obviously, since it's still the same day as of time of recording, and I'm sure that, you know, general business practices, it's a little bit unkind to call your next shot as you're leaving your, your previous job. We won't know what he's going to do for a little bit here, but uh, it seems like he's got a, a bit of a future ahead of him in the soccer landscape. Yeah, it's one of those, I mean, you can't really fault guys for leaving when they feel it's the right time to leave, or it's some other circumstance, but it's always weird when someone steps down, and you have this entirely long off-season, and then all yeah. of a sudden, like all of the, and this is like the third one for USL, where people are kind of leaving when you're not seeing it coming and then you're like wait why didn't you just leave before the season started yeah. so people can hit the ground running but 
you know, obviously things happen in the back room and you know, we're not privy to a lot of those things and it might have been just the right time. Sure. Maybe he's going to get the uh, RB Salzburg job. Yo. <laughs> Yo, it'll be interesting to see how RGV can kind of build off this uh, tremendous start that they've had. One of the best, I think, since their uh, founding season in uh, 2015 for the club. Yeah. So uh, just interesting to see how they can go forward from uh, this move. I mean, the good news is we don't deal with backroom stuff a whole lot here. Um, best case, we'll talk to some coaches. I, I think if you if you want to listen to a good interview, uh, Phil just talked to Danny Cruz the other day. Uh, that's a good one. A little mad, former Philadelphia Union fan, is someone that watched then number 44 Danny Cruz get eviscerated on a tackle when I, I think the story goes it was the first match his dad ever saw him play in person because he was in Iraq and came back and Danny got lit up by somebody. Uh, but as a former Philadelphia Union fan, not being able to talk to Danny Cruz, not mad. It's fine. It's all right. I'm not the guy that gets the text messages when people are recording interviews. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I do. No, it's okay. Sorry. Sorry. We don't do with backroom stuff here. The good news is ESPN Plus has us covered. We watch games every week so that you sometimes don't have to. And uh, luckily, now that we're here, week three, Charleston Battery finally played a, a soccer match against Red Bull 2. I think, Ryan, this was your jurisdiction? Yeah, I was watching this match when it had played on that Friday night, and it was, I think it's a fair result. Uh, New York Red Bulls 2 got the goal in the 10th minute with uh, a Charleston battery goal in the 72nd, the second half. But even with the battery out shooting uh, Red Bulls 2, 14 to 5, I still think that just coming off a long offseason and having the delayed start with Red Bulls 2 already playing a couple matches and this being the battery's first match of the season. Right. Uh, I think a 1-1 draw was a pretty fair result. And uh, it should definitely be positive for the battery going forward. But I think New York, New York Red Bulls, too, is just always one of those hit-or-miss teams that uh, if they have their night, they'll certainly give any team frustration. And I think that's just what ended up happening for the battery last night or uh, last week. I, I think that's the theme of the, the first couple weeks of USL is teams not really putting together yeah. their best best matches i mean there's been a few that have been shining examples of you know exceptionalism but overall i think the constant theme here sure. with a lot of these first games is just a little bit sloppy a little bit not well put together but you can see that there's something there for for battery and you know rb2 is going to be rb2 again Yeah, I mean, New York Red Bulls 2 had 33 clearances from this match altogether. It just seemed like once they had that goal, they were defending. But uh, it, just, uh, it you could tell that a team has had a little bit more preparation, has already played at least one match going into this game, as the Red Bulls 2 had played two games, and this was the Batteries' first. You could tell there was just that difference between the two sides. And ultimately, I think 1-1 is a fair result, and that's something Charleston can be pleased with going into their next match. Uh, Alan, who was your uh, 
first game of the week? My first game of the week, I watched a little bit of OKC versus um, SPKCK2 United FRS. Yeah. That alphabet soup. Um, And for a game that I would not have thought would be an interesting, hotly contested, angry yeah. rivalry match this one was actually somewhat enjoyable to watch <laughs> they really didn't seem to like each which other is, i mean which is weird but i mean i guess Kinda. you're trying to okc's trying to establish themselves in a new division in a new conference um yep. sporting kansas city have like they have good players um and sure. they've been kind of underperforming the past couple years depending based on like who they have on their team yeah, we were talking a little bit before. It just it felt yeah, like yeah, yeah. a like an old school rivalry game where guys were just going into each other. And as a neutral, I was entertained. I, Alan, yeah, I, good match to watch for a neutral the last week for sure. I I put in my notes of it. I thought it was the rival of the KCs potentially. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I literally just put the F was this just kind of 45 minutes of a feeling out process and then uh, a lot of fireworks in the second half to be fair um, and you know nothing like the uh, the soccer equivalent of a Gordie Howe hat trick I suppose but you have your goal scorer also gets set off at the very end of the match uh, with Frank Lopez scoring the 70th and then hitting the shower ever so slightly early in the uh, in the 95th minute the Eric um, Lamella special. Oh yeah, the Lamella. Maybe he go. just wanted a nice little like send off moment, um, little highlight. Yeah. After Tyler Freeman equalized, he was like, "You know what? I'm okay." They apparently play each other on June 23rd and July. Oh, sorry, that's a month apart. Uh, they'll see each other a couple more times this year. So if that game's anything to go off of, when those two are on the calendar, uh, go out of your way to watch that, I guess. Which is strange. Not something I think we would say at the beginning of the season. <laughs> no, not really. Although going to another team in the, or two more teams in the central of the next match on the schedule, uh, Indy 11 and FC Tulsa. Indy 11 makes yeah. the return to Carroll Stadium. Uh, oddly enough, looking through their, uh, just listing from the game, they had an attendance of 1,999. So I'm curious <laughs> if they could have got to additional person over the 2000 but i it's time to start talking about the current best record in the league fc tulsa uh, team that they looked really impressive here i mean despite being outshot in this match 16 to 4 they ran out of indianapolis with a 2-0 victory and they looked impressive that if they do not finish top two in the central this year it will be a disappointment for this club yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that the the roller coaster seasons of the Roughnecks are over, uh, or or early days appear to be over. Um, and man, I I don't it it hurts when you open your new old stadium and you have all this nostalgia for for the Mac and 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 uh, playing at Carroll and all that stuff, and then Tulsa comes in and goes, "Nah, it's all right. We're, we'll take those points." Yeah, they had some moments. Uh, Indy Eleven had some moments, uh, so it wasn't all doom and gloom for them. But it was, you know, one of those. If you don't get in the back of the net, it doesn't matter. Um, I think Indy Eleven is going to be fine. 
But yeah, Tulsa is putting down a marker pretty early that they're going to be a team that's going to be tough to play. And I think another team that's going to be tough, or another two teams that might be tough, um, at least maybe when they figure out how to string some passes together in the final third a little bit more, um, Hartford Miami was a shootout in a really weird way. Uh, general notes from me on that one. Pace for days, this has to suck. And just that I don't think anyone wants to run that much. Or me as a not-athlete would hate having to run that much. Um, if you like watching players go for nutmegs and maybe succeed, this was a great match for you. Um, and I, I, I just wanted people, anyone really, to shoot the ball in the first half. And then I just got really upset with how you try to defend with uh, uh, Cristiano Francois. I, I don't know how you try to stop him from running at you. Yeah, interesting. They have it as a three-three-three-one setup for Miami. Yeah, that formation was absolutely wild. The graphic made no sense, and I, I think it listed like five guys as forwards. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and it, what's interesting is Watling subs in Tabort Ataka in the 45th. He scores. He picks up a yellow card. It's this huge smash and grab for Hartford. I, I think they'll be happy with that result. They'll be happy if they can keep grinding those results. I think Miami's going to cause trouble for teams that don't know how to deal with their pace or don't know how to frustrate them with physical play. And then I think for for Coach Watling at Hartford, I don't know if you were expecting to out-coach Paul Daglish, but you might have done a little bit. Um, And then in things that don't matter at all because they're just aesthetics, Hartford's away kit is like, okay. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, a, a really great win for Hartford. And, honestly, both those teams look a lot better than they did last year. Which, for Hartford, that's, I mean, that's a, a pretty good statement for, um, yeah. yeah, as far as being better. I thought they were fine yeah. last year, so if they can take a step forward. Or at least don't look like they've that's lost good. a step, I suppose. Uh, which, I mean, is great, because last year they were – a very pleasant surprise and this year their 31 year old head coach uh might also have them uh being a uh, a very pleasant surprise nice yeah some drama in louisville this past week with uh birmingham birmingham sorry if it's i never know what those cities mm-hmm. say is say less syllables sure. if possible Hey, listen, you know, I got in trouble for that all the time a couple years ago. So whatever you go with, as long as you say it was some confidence. Louisville versus okay. Birmingham. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, little, that A little bit of drama uh, for right. Birmingham to pull level. Uh, penalty kick having to be retaken and the debate over whether yes. or not that was the right call. I think uh, looking back at it, it was for sure the right call to retake the, that pen. Um, you hate to see it. It's nice that they got rid of that rule where you have to warn the keeper or give a yellow card to the keeper. I, I like that they yeah. got rid of that rule because that rule seemed kind of dumb. 
Um, you know, guys making soccer plays, uh, Landon Donovanism there. Um, you can't really fault yeah. him. The guy comes off the line early, you just retake it. Um, Birmingham yeah. kind of survives with the point. I was, I thought for sure Louisville was going to be able to escape that with uh, with the three points. But again, a kind of another fun match. Um, I think uh, a little unlucky for Louisville at the end uh, to give up that pen. Um, but I mean, don't foul guys in the box, and you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, but yeah, one one draw. Yeah, I think for me. I think for me, this at least establishes Birmingham as going to be that kind of borderline playoff club in the Central Division that they're going to be. Yeah, I want to see how they perform against SKC two and OKC, but I feel like where they are currently at at the moment with fifth, it that that would be a fair assessment for this side. Yeah, I think getting. I mean, Louisville's slow start the past couple seasons aside, I think going in there and getting a point on the road. Um, is kind of a big thing early in the season. Um, obviously, Louisville has a ton of home matches in a row, and I think this is what he, uh, Coach talked about with uh, Phil's interview, is you want to get as many of those three points as possible when you have a string of home matches at the beginning. Um, but, yeah, I think Birmingham probably got what they wanted. If you said they were going to go in there and going to get a draw, I think they'd be happy before the game started. Um, and I think based on the style of play, I think they were a yeah. little bit lucky. Especially how tough it is now to go into Louisville for their own venue and everything. I don't know. I mean, I feel like an actual soccer pitch has kind of leveled the play, literally leveled the playing field. Uh, I don't know. That was Birmingham's first match playing on actual grass this year. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I just felt like the diamond and slugger really helped Louisville because they practice on it so often. A lot easier to like read bounces and things when you know what the surface is gonna do, rather um, than playing in a. Not sand that I'm mad you, that it's like you're in golf. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not mad that it's gone, but tactical advantages. Uh, did anybody else watch anything this week, or do we want to talk about the pickums that we set off to the leagues so that we can retain our dominance as the best five-headed Hydra in the uh, in the game? Tampa Bay hasn't lost a step with a three-nil victory over the Pittsburgh. Riverhounds, they still yes. are going to be the favorite to win the Atlantic, the Atlantic Division in my mind, and uh, they just they're are back to their usual form when they play Phoenix this Saturday. That's going to be a truly interesting match for whoever's going to be retroactively named the 2020 uh, USO Championship <laughs> yeah. Yeah, title uh, winner. What is it? Unfinished Business Week, I think, is what they what they're what they're calling yeah. They it. have we'll that talk about for, that in a second, I guess. They have that for Triumph and U- uh, Greenville Triumph and Union Omaha down in uh, yeah. League One. But uh, Phoenix Rising take the uh, trip westward to Tampa Bay, which I believe is their furthest west that they've ever ventured for uh, a match in their history. Farthest east? Or furthest east, yes. Yeah, okay. The furthest Unless they're w- doing something crazy. They have to go west and yet. all the way around. Furthest east, Teach them yes. go all the way around. They just, to, be, yeah. to be fair, Toronto FC2 has randomly played a league match against Phoenix Rising in Phoenix as the furthest That's west true. that they've ever ventured in league. Yeah, that was going to be a fun one. Tampa Bay looks That's really true. good. Phoenix looks really uh, good. That's going to be... Yeah. Either that or it's going to be a terribly Phoenix boring nil-nil draw a la like, top of the Premier League team, <laughs> right? Can you imagine? 
and everyone's going to be disappointed. Uh, yeah. Hopefully I don't know. It's we a expected a nil-nil draw today, and it ended up being four to two. Yeah, I was going to say hopefully it's a four-two, like there was uh, on, on Thursday against United and and Liverpool. Although uh, considering that this is on ESPN two, I really hope it's not a nil-to-nil draw. What a yeah. what type of showcase would that be for the league if it was? Nice. Yeah, nice debut on on ESPN two. Well, I mean, not a debut, but uh, you know, debut nice, for the uh, season nice... on ESPN two. A nice national time slot for you to just not score any goals. Thanks, everybody. Conspicuous from its absence this week, by the way, in our pickums is the uh, the Phoenix rise or the Phoenix and uh, I think this was for the next and rallies. I guess this is for the next week's games. Strange that they're doing if that. We go back anyway, th- no, Phil's just on top of things. If we go back through the group, oh, you'll fair. find. And our pickums and everything for this upcoming oh, did, week. I oh, think Tampa Bay ended up winning out for who we were backing for that match. Probably because they're home, right? I, I it's hard yeah, to yeah, they are just there. being at home. Yeah, it's the second week in a row that I've said whoever's the home team wins the game. So that's <laughs> exciting. Um, the the pickums that we just sent into the league office uh, uh, today. Um, or the, let's talk for this week. So we had Charleston this beating okay. Charlotte as a lock. A draw yeah. was the uh, prevailing vote between Tampa Bay and Phoenix. New Mexico yeah. beating uh, Austin Bold, Austin's true club, by the way. Yeah. And uh, at San Antonio beating RGV. <laughs> we sent that San Antonio vote in before the news broke today for our gp i know it was the we uh pitch club president leaving but yeah we'll see yeah i think it's that's too late the, of the four that's the one i'm like mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> i mean i mean i'm a little worried about about the the battery just because they have like 18 players uh, i'm not convinced but, about charlotte though no, well, yeah, neither am I. Um, I I can honestly see if the if Charleston is going to win that one, it's going to be by about two one or one nil. Yeah, unless Zyko like finishes his chances this week and they win three nothing. Because he was, he had a really bad game, barring except for the goal. Uh, uh, Charleston's last time out and so if he does the thing that everyone likes when strikers do and has a really short term memory and just remembers his goal he'll be great but if he also remembers the other four or five chances that he yeah, like last year's Zyko Lewis probably would have finished then you know that might be a bit of an issue um yeah, the the RGV San Antonio one's interesting. I, I don't think a president necessarily not being there is going to like super impact the way you prepare for the team that you're going to play against on on the weekend. But I mean, at the same time, yeah, I guess narrative points and sentimental value kind of come into play. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, especially, and but I mean, I think the, for me the shaky part is San Antonio looked pretty decent against uh, Real Monarchs, and then. All of a sudden, they didn't look decent against Real Monarchs. Um, and there's a chance that they could have lost yeah. that game. There's a couple. I mean, they had a ch- chance to win at the end, but Salt Lake City was a post away from 
shocking San Antonio, who I most people I think would say <laughs> yeah. was the top mountain team. Um, and then just the way RGV, the confidence that yep. they have. I mean, I wasn't like they're not going to shock the world with their gameplay, but um, I do think there's a chance that RGV can steal a point here uh, from San Antonio, if not outright win. Um, and are they at home on this one? Or are they away at this one? They're at home. And I will I will borrow a phrase from our friends Devin Kerr and uh, Mike Watts is that RG, yeah, RGV oh is God. kind of like this like black hole of weirdness that good teams go in there and weird things happen. I mean, just look at the flu, like how they beat New Mexico on like a deflected shot. Um, yeah, yeah, weird things happen in RGV, so hold on for, you know, a wild ride. Hold on, lady, we're going for a... The, twi- the, the, the twilight zone. Yeah, it's kind of what it is. And so it's at home in Rio Grande Valley. Although traveling for San Antonio down there is not quite as a big of a deal as some of the other teams. But sure, weirder right. things have happened. And, I mean, imagine RGV going 3-0 and to start their season. Like, mm. that would be... I don't think anyone would have predicted that. Maybe not, I don't even think in RGV fans are predict would have predicted a three and zero start to the season. So even though we picked San Antonio, I think I'm s- s- uh, slyly rooting for an RGV victory. <laughs> in in retrospect, now that Alan gets to talk it out with us, he's like, "Ooh, wait a minute, this might not be a good idea." Honestly, if RGV go three and zero to start the year, I think we. We should start having uh, the conversation that they could be a playoff team out of the I mountain. I think Ron Patel's going to come back. That's <laughs> not true. That would be wild. He was like, oh, wait, no, no, no. Uh, I, I still have the money. It's fine. Um, yeah. I, By God, that's Ron Patel's music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back on that Rob Patel, uh, the consortium. Uh, uh, the consortium was me. Uh, I'll keep making old WWF references. It's fine. No, um, uh, and that would really bother Evan, uh, who banked on Colorado Springs to show something against San Antonio didn't, and now we're like, well, San Antonio must be the good team that I have to bandwagon, and then if they lose to RGV, I don't know if I can do it. You know. I, don't so, panic so yet on Colorado Springs. It's been one match. I know, I know, I know. And and you know, listen, me of all people, I should know who's over there. They'll they'll get they'll be okay. They'll be fine. They have a fixture against SKC two this week that is Easy win. Winnable. Easy win. If winnable. anyone knows how to play against two teams, it's a guy that coached one for three years. Just want to point out RGV has already uh, matched their win total from last season. Yeah. So it's no. all uh, well. I mean, it was fourteen games, but still, what? like two nine and three, they have already oh, matched sure. it. Okay, I was like, wait, so that's it's, awful. It's all up. It's all house money from here with RGV. All right. So you're saying RGV can rest on its laurels, knowing that they got turned around? That's what it was. That's why I should I shouldn't talk about this as much as I'm I'm talking about it tonight. Rod Patel left because he went. Well, you're already doing better than you were last year. And that's just, Oh, I will say this uh, is the first uh, season that RGV is now their own independent 
uh, side since they severed yeah. ties with Houston, I believe. Yeah. And uh, the Houston Dynamo have uh, just two wins right now. So I want to say, since RTV is doing much better at the World Championship, that the Houston Dynamo were the ones holding them back. Wow. Maybe. 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 Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't wait for my DMs tomorrow. It's gonna be it's gonna be someone RGV being like you can't stop doing that. It's mean. I'll be like I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, anybody else have any any uh, uh, I don't know positive? Uh, Alan, are you tired of people using your coach uh, expletive laced? Uh, like like we're gonna do it as as like a rallying cry, or are we just happy that everyone's allowed to curse on social media? <laughs> like for me. As someone that's cursed a lot on podcast in general over the last four or so years, I'm very glad that now we're like, this is fine. Um, so, like, on a personal level from the other coast, I'm like, this is great. I'm glad that Landon Donovan's fuck yeah is, like, okay. But I don't have, like, a horse in that race. And so as someone that, like, is around that team, is it is it weird for you that everyone's like, ha, 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 we can clown on Loyal by doing that? I mean, if you're going to put some hype video like that out before the season, you have to know that that's going to be sure. used against you if you don't start your yeah. season well. But at this point, it's like that annoying sound it's that you kind of just, fair. like, block out because you've heard it too many times that, yeah. like, I, mm. like I, I hear the video, but I don't really hear it. Like, I just see him go, and then I'm like, all right, we're just going to keep sure. scrolling past. Yeah. You're like, oh, someone else is doing and this. And I'm, I'm sure it'll continue, because, I mean, if there's one thing about the internet, it's they know how to end jokes when they're, like, worn out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get out your shovels, everybody. <laughs> That's what it is. Alan Underwood just crying out for originality in, in Twitter <laughs> space in 2021. <laughs> He's like, we get it. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. If he was in charge of the Louvre, he would have tossed the Mona Lisa years ago. Oh, like, we've oh, seen okay. it before. It's old news. He would have he would have turned the Mona Lisa into a non fungible token. This, this is what we're getting. <laughs> sure, you own it, but do you own it? I don't know. No one knows. What does it mean? Exactly? You've seen you've seen one oil painting. You've seen them all. I mean, come on. I yeah I you know oh oh look it's another Monet who cares yeah you know for the uh, classical art portion of the US yeah show. yeah I mean listen if there's nothing that we're you know we're, we're known for our impressionist right art haystacks again come on else, haystacks I mean, this, and lily pads come uh, on okay. yeah yeah uh, your saison get that out of there no one cares oh look it's another landscape scene how original. Go away. Go. Oh, Renoir. Oh, Bola so cool. fruit. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> podcast about the United Soccer League Championship. <laughs> and this is why I hope people only listen to the interviews that Phil does with people that are, I don't know, soccer minded. Uh, so that way, when we go off the rails talking about impressionist art and non fungible tokens and, and things like that, uh, no one's around to listen to it, you know. Uh, I, I did decide to watch Sacramento Las Vegas though and was uh, I'm sorry Las Vegas for having 42,000 loanees the day of the match looked alright <laughs> uh, looked alright they looked actually kind yeah. of dangerous but good good yeah but okay. still like 
Does Las Vegas win a match this year? It uh, yes, they have to. Don't ask me who it is or, or how it happens, but the, mathematically speaking, it's got to be. Do they ever play themselves? Because that would be that would be the easiest. <laughs> well, honestly, with the amount of loanies that they have in, apparently there's a chance that they end up playing guys that played for them earlier in the year. Uh, open cup comeback. <laughs> right? I don't know. If you're looking at the next two games from the lights, they're both on the road against Phoenix and San Diego. Their first um, home two wins game right there. is against Tacoma. Uh, yeah. Well, that, that could be it. If they play Tacoma and play them well, that I think that would be their chance. And lucky for them, they I mean, play them four times. Listen, when the Diego Rossi injury rehab stint comes knocking and he plays Tacoma Defiance, he could he could go out there by himself, let's be honest, and and have a fighting chance. But can he do it on a rainy baseball field in Rainier, Washington? In the, in the Seattle suburbs? Uh, maybe. <laughs> and you know what, Ryan? I'm unfortunately here to tell you that I don't think we'll ever see it happen. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it... Forgive me. We miss out on our chance for these lots and low-stows rehab project. Oh, yeah. But when Barlos Bela yeah. goes and gets loaned down to... Oh, <laughs> Bartosz Bela. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my favorite Slavian soccer player. Yeah, I think if we were talking earlier with some friends about yeah. uh, trying to figure out the Pacific right now, and it's like, well, okay. Sacramento or Los Dos looks all right sometimes. Sacramento looks all right sometimes. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna make? I think the mountain is even more intriguing than the Pacific right now. Like it's still so much. Everyone's trying yes. to figure out who they are and what they're doing, and it's hard to predict who's gonna win right now. So I, I mean, you can say that Tacoma's not a great team, but who knows? Like they might surprise some folks. Yeah, and I think Vegas has a chance of if you get the right loanies down at the right time. I think they can put together a win. Um, I think Sacramento ended up pulling it out, but there was a, a moment there where I was like, I'm not sure about this game. And then they're like, okay, Sacramento's figuring it out. Um, so there's, there's some wins in there that I think are going to still surprise people. Oh, yeah, it was the period of time. Yeah, yeah, for Vegas and Sacramento, it was the period of time between 51 and 65 when it was tied 1-1. One to one. But, like... Again, with looking at these divisions, I feel like, especially in the West, since we have two teams who have not played a match yet, Austin Bold and Orange County, that yeah. we need to wait till they play a few games. I think all of these teams, we need to wait until they get at least five games in before we start uh, like truly seeing where these teams' forms have li- or, or is going to lie for the rest of the year. I know I touted FC Tulsa at the start of the show being anyone in the top two and I still think that but obviously these are still early season reactions to how everyone's played yeah. Memphis is still without a game at the moment but uh, I will learn more about these teams as the weeks go along and that's why if the pick numbers aren't going our way after uh, the first month and just I mean that's out. what I'm trying to build toward is a little bit of a little bit of an out like oh it's just sure. early season we're gonna wait for game you know yeah. week 11 yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, you know, I mean, if, if we were paid to just sit here and talk about soccer all day, we'd be nailing it first time every time, you know? And uh, We have plenty of, of outs, but, you know, we did all right last year. We'll do all right this year. I, you know, what, what is all right if not fine if your expectations are zero? <laughs> sort of the... Uh, Team that shall not be named of the Mullis. Or like Louisville walking back a rebrand. Oh. Yeah, for a league that has done a really good job with their rebrands, I think that's the exception yep. that proves yep. the rule. <laughs> one one devil in the hand is worth two in the bush. <laughs> that's how that saying goes, right? I mean, I, who who pulled their who pulled their decision back faster, Louisville or the the Super League? I can't remember, but they were both like uh, the the Super League. I think at least Louisville waited a week and then went. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the Super League was dead in Super forty-eight. Was like two hours. days later, yeah. it was mostly dead in forty-eight hours, and now we're looking at the expulsion of Juventus, Real Madrid, and Barcelona from their own domestic leagues, which I'm all here for. <laughs> Juventus to MLS. You've heard it here first. No, don't. Well, I mean, Iguain's already over here. Uh, anything else before we before we stop doing this, so we can tell people to have a nice weekend and follow us at the USL show if they have any thoughts on the soccer. Uh, no, I got nothing. Great. Great. Heard a bunch of mic clicks, so that means we're probably good. So, uh, yeah, hey, uh, if you're going to matches this week or if you're, you're going out in public and, and things like that, uh, don't be a dick. You know, wear, wear a mask if you, if you feel the need to. If you're vaccinated, congratulations. Uh, if you're not, hey, maybe think about doing that. Uh, but until then, a lot of soccer to watch this weekend. Um, definitely check out that Phoenix Tampa Bay game. I'll be selfish and say you should probably go and watch, I don't know, uh, Charlotte or Miami FC's fun for a neutral, I guess. Go do that, maybe. Um, or San Diego Loyal, so that way you can consume Alan's eight other podcasts that he does. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it, until next week, it's been Evan, it's been Ryan Allen, it's been Alan Underwood. Uh, we'll, we'll catch you guys soon, I'm sure. Take care.